Welcome everyone to the Rav Torah Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur Daf Chav Zayin. We'll begin on Chav Vav Amorbet, towards the bottom of the page where it says Tashma Hayaochel Banadim. Today's Shur should be a zechut for our sponsor Daniel Ben Devorah. Shem should give him success in all of his endeavors. Um, the discussion underway over here was whether or not. There's something called Mukseh Lechatsi Shabbat. Can something become Mukseh on Shabbat? Of course we know that something could be Mukseh from before Shabbat. So if somebody has an item that when Ben Hashemashot came was unfit for use, and you set it aside, you assumed you weren't going to use it, and then it becomes fit on Shabbat, we assume that it's Mukseh. So, for example, if you have a fruit that was on a tree on Shabbat, it's muksa. And even if it falls off on Shabbat, it's still muksa, because it was muksa from before Shabbat. That's muksa for a full Shabbat. And there's muksa lechati Shabbat, where uh, you have something that became mutar on Shabbat. In our case, was that you had uh, a bechor that that a bechor animal that they they checked the mum on Shabbat and they determined that it was a bal mum and it was edible. It was usable. It wasn't. A, didn't have to be a carbon, because if it was, if it's a tam, then it's a carbon. It can't be eaten. Okay, and we're trying to bring your proof back and forth, and we had two different um, versions that either uh, Hill Robert told Hill and Mukseh the Shabbat or Yesh the Chatzis Shabbat. Now we're going to try to bring your proof. Tashma, it is about twelve lines from the bottom. Tashma, if a guy was eating. Grapes from before Shabbat, and he left over some. So uh, he was eating grapes. So he definitely wasn't planning to to, um, to in general grapes when they're when you're making raisins out of them. As they're turning into raisins, they become unusable, and once they're fully dried, then they become usable. Okay, but, so the guy is eating regular grapes. He decides, I have so many grapes, so let me make some raisins for my raisin bread. And then the guy has something to him, and he brought them to the guy to make raisins. But then he was eating figs, fresh. He had little extras. And then the guy has something to him, and he decided to make dried figs. You can't eat them unless you designated while it was still Friday. So too with peaches and quince. If you want to dry them, you have to designate them. And you can use them on Shabbat while it's still day. That's the end of the Brayta. Now let's analyze it. What's the case? If you set aside the, 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 the fruits from before Shabbat and they're already fit for eating before Shabbat, so why does the guy have to de- say, I'm going to have to authorize himself to use it from beforehand. They're ready. Good. Well, he was eating him Friday afternoon. Then he put him on the on the roof Friday late later. Now, it, it, it got, if it got fit before Shabbat, then you wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to tell you that it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to get ready. It's, 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 it's ready already. If they're not fit, then what does it help by saying, I'm going to eat from them? They're not fit. Fit for the way that you want them. Meaning they're edible, they're grapes. But, fit, oh. but the, in the way you want them to be fit. 
No, grapes become meaning un- you want them to be raisins. No, 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 grapes become unedible in between grapes and raisins. Oh, they do. Yes, yes. There is an unedible stage that they're unedible. Okay. Uh, the Gemara is going to end up saying that you're right, but in the meantime, we th- we think right now that it's the, that if it's the inedible stage, then nothing. Your, your hasmana wouldn't help, and if it's the ed- if it's the edible stage, we don't need your hasmana. So what's the case? Maybe you'll answer me, oh, well, the reason why we need Hasmana is because you don't know if it's fit or not. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're coming to tell you that you have to check if you have to designate them before, and otherwise you, you assume that they're no good. Rav Kahana says that if it was dried out before, but you didn't know about it, it's still mutar to eat it. On dried fruits. Why? So Rashi explains when it comes to dried fruits, you only left them there in order for them to dry out. Once they dried out, you automatically want them back, and therefore you don't need a hasmana, and therefore dried fruits are always okay, so it can't be that's the case. Sigmar says, must be the case over here was. The reason why we need you to, to, to use them is because, it's the designated before Shabbat, is because the case was that. They were really fit before Shabbat started. So they went to Shabbat not Moksim. Then they got, they got rained on on Shabbat. So they got wet. And now they became soggy and not fit. And then they got dried on Shabbat. And they got, they got undone. And therefore it is exact case of Moksim for Shabbat. And you see, you have to designate them. Right? So that's a proof to us that there's such a thing as Moksim for Shabbat. Did you get that, Mike? Because partially the way through, only on Shabbat, they became, they became unedible. Exactly. Right. Otherwise, there's no other way to explain the case. And since that's the case, we have a proof, again, that there is Muqseh for Shabbat. So let's explain. The Amrit and Muqseh, if you say and Muqseh, Lamala Hazmana, why do you have to do a Hazmana? Right? It should work automatically if there's no, no Muqseh. Must be there's Muqseh. He wears his back. Elamai, yes, Muqseh? If you're going to say there is Muqseh on, on Shabbat, then, What does it help that before Shabbat you designated them? If, if it got Muqseh on Shabbat, what, is the, what does your designation from, from Erev Shabbat help? When we said they were fit when Shabbat started, it was, it was fit. It was kind of fit, Right? Some guys eat it like that. Some guys wait till it's fully dried. So Ismin, if he says, I want to eat them, then he shows he wants to eat them like that, and they're not Moksa. And therefore, if that's what it's talking about, it's nothing to do with Moksa Shabbat. It's just a question of a, a, a case where, it got, where, where a fruit was partially ready, and therefore we need Hasmana, but it's nothing to do with us. It's not a proof. Okay. Amar of Uzair says, Tashma, I'll give you an answer to the proof of whether it's Muqseh for Chati Shabbat. Mipulin v'adashim. From beans and lentils. Ta'apulin v'adashim mi'ikrachazilikos. When they're raw, you could eat them raw. Lentils and beans. You didn't know that, but you can. Okay? When they're fresh, you could eat them. Pool? Yeah. Pool. It's uh, beans. They serve it downstairs sometimes. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. 
Okay. In the beginning, when they're fresh grown, they're able to be eaten. When you throw them into a pot, they become not fit to eat. Now, why they're not fit to eat is machloket. Either they're not fit to eat because once they're boiling, they're inedible. Or because because you can't eat boiling things, you have to wait till it cools down, you burn your mouth. Or because beans, while they're cooking, they're not ready. That's what we're not going to know, I think. Okay? My about this next Gemara. Okay? When they stop cooking, Chazilu, we're on the top of Chavzayin now. Then they're fit. So you see, we eat them on Yom Tov, even though they were cooking, going into Yom Tov. And therefore, while they're cooking, they were not edible. And still you eat them. You have a question of general cooked foods. General pots going into the holiday. Regular pots are usually hot going into them, and they're not edible. They're boiling. Also, the, all the food that's in the pots halfway through is not is not is not, not edible. Not edible because not it's edible. In the middle of being cooked. Well, well, it's not edible. They're calling here because it's it's hot. It's too hot to eat. Uh, it's two different things. Two different things. You're saying the beans would have been edible if they would have not been on the pot. Not that they're going through a transitional cooking stage. Well, yeah. So it depends which way you're learning this one. <laughs> but okay, that's two ways to do it. Okay. But then in the afternoon we eat them, right? So must be we're not talking about when when a person could do it. Meaning, when a person has the ability to unmuxa his stuff, we're not talking about that's not muxa. It's only muxa when Hashem has to do it, like drying drying fruits, or someone else has to do it, like 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 muxifying the thing. I'm sorry, Okay. Let's go. Says the Gemara. Okay, now we're going back to our Mishnah. If you remember in our Mishnah, we had a machloket whether or not you could see a moon on Yom Tov. Rabbi Yudah had said that you could. You could send somebody down to in, into the board to check it. And Rabbi Shimon said you couldn't. Okay? Now we have a story with Rudan Nasiya, not Rudan Nasi, Rudan Nasiya. He's an Amora. Okay? Rudan Nasiya havle have a He had a Bechor in his own Bechor and he wanted to feed it to somebody. Now, if it doesn't have a moom, you can't eat it. Shadilah Kamed Rami, he sent her to Rami on Yom Tov to check if the moom was good. Savar, the Lola Machzeh. Rami did not want to look at her on Yom Tov. Because Rabbi Shimon doesn't let. told him, When the Yehuda argues with Shimon, we follow Rabbi Yehuda, and therefore you shouldn't look at it. Then he sent it to Yisroel Nachman. Several of them he also didn't want to look at it. Again, he told the same idea. You should follow Rabbi Yehuda. Why don't you? Why don't you look to look at it? So Amalei Rabbi Avah, Rabbi Avah told him, Zrika, 
מהי טעמה שהקינו לרבנן, לא מעבר לקרישימון. Why don't you let the, these rabbis that you went to, Rizek Nafcha and Rav Ami, why didn't you let them follow Rabbi Shimon? Amaleh, so he told him, He says, well, what's in your hands? I, I gave them a good reason why they shouldn't go like Rabbi Shimon. What, what, do, what do you have that, that you're telling me to go like, like, uh, like Rabbi Shimon? I told him not to go to Rabbi Shimon. What, what do you have? Amaleh, Hach Amar Abzeira, Abzeira, the famous Amora from Eretz Yisrael says, Halacha Kenabi Shimon. Amar Mandu, there was a guy standing there who heard this thing. And he said, When I have the Zuchut to go to Eretz Yisrael to see Abzeira, I want to hear it from his mouth. I want to hear him say such a thing. Kisalik Vahatam, Hitaka went to Eretz Yisrael. Ashkechel Abzeira, he met Abzeira. Amaleh, so he told him, Regarding the the bechor looking on Yom Tov, that thing I heard what you said. Uh, did you say Alchaz like Rabbi Shimon? Amalelo. He said no. Meaning, no, I didn't. Now, when he said no, he didn't do it. He, I, I, the way I understand it means that I didn't hear it from somebody. Here in the art school, they're explaining it that uh, I didn't make a definitive ruling. So it's better. Meaning, I'm a little up in the air. He's going to defend it in a second. Okay? Either he didn't, he's saying, I didn't uh, paskin, I'm just, I had a sara. That's the art school thing. Or I didn't hear it from my rebbies, I just but didn't. I just figured out from logic. There's two different ways to, to go through this one. But anyway, here's the story. I said it from Svara. What, what's my svar? From our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Kol she'en momon ikad me ba'od yom, en min machan. Rabbi Shimon says, if it's not ready for me ba'od yom, it's not min machan. That means you can't look at yom tov. And if you remember the first b'rita that we learned, learned right afterwards, okay? Right after the Mishnah yesterday, Mike, there was a b'rita there. And the b'rita quoted Chachamim saying what Rabbi Shimon said. So since they quoted him as Chachamim, Oh, it sounds like they go like Rabbi Shimon. And Rabbi Shimon's accepted opinion. And therefore, the, the Amora is looking at the fact that the Bright is calling him Chachamim and saying, ah, oh, that's probably what it is. Now, I didn't hear it from my Rebbe's or anything. This is what, this is what I'm saying. Okay? Shamir Mestabra Kavateh. My Havala, so what's the Halacha? So it seems still seem up in the air. Okay? He never hear it from his Rebbe. It's not so clear. Amar Yosef Yosef says, Tashma, I'll bring you a proof. I'm sorry? That's what Rabbi Zera thought. I'm sorry, that's what Rabbi Zera thought. But he wasn't sure. He was only saying it logically. And therefore, we're still looking for the Okay? Tashma, I'll show you the Talia Ba'ashle This is dependent on big ropes, meaning. There's big, there's big stuff involved in this machloket. How do we see? The Amar of Shimon ben Pazi, Shimon ben Pazi says, Amar of Yishuv ben Levi, the name of Yishuv ben Levi, Amar of Yosi ben Shaul, Amar Amar Rebbe, Mishum Kahala Kahadisha ben Yishlaim, Rebbe Shimon ben Chaverav, Amnu Halachak Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Shimon ben Menasya and his friend said that the halachah is like Rebbe Meir, who says. That 
you that if you slaughtered it and you didn't check it beforehand, it's asur. So this is a completely different machloket. We'll see in a second. There's a machloket. What happens? Let's say you had a bechor and you shechted it without checking, and then. And then, after it's dead, you checked it. Is that okay? And you found it's a bamboo, now you can eat it. Could you rely on a post-mortem checking? Okay? So Remeyer says that you can't. Now we're quoting here that Rabbi Shimon and his friends from Kal Koshanayim are saying like, are saying like Remeyer. Ask the Gemara, Amru, is it possible? Amru, could it, they said, meaning, this, they're quoting the Kal Kedosh B'Yushalayim, even though the Kal Kedosh B'Yushalayim was the Kal Kedosh that was there during the time of the Beit HaMikdash. In the time of the Beit HaMikdash, Rabbi Shimon Baruch wasn't alive. They would never be quoting Rabbi Shimon Baruch to follow Halakha like Rabbi Shimon. El must be right. They're following the Rameer's opinion. Okay, good. Now, what does that do? What does that do for us? They want to claim that that since it can't make sense, it can't make sense that they're just going like Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya. It must be he's going like a mayor in our machloket. Well, looking at the, looking at the thing on Yom Tov. Let's see how it goes. The Tanan learned in Mishnah. Hashochet tebechor. Listen to the case. You slaughtered a bechor, and then you showed it to a kohen afterwards, to a, to expert afterwards. Since you slaughtered without since you slaughtered without a expert, asur it's asur. We see from the mayor holds that is different between checking an animal if it's taref and checking animals as bechor. Because checking animal taref, you're allowed to check it after it's dead. Why? That's the standard, that's standard, standard, that's the standard uh, procedure. We do. So you see that checking animal bechor is stricter than checking animal if it's taref. checking bechor, mechaim has to be alive. And checking taref could be even after death. And from there we see, we see that you're allowed to check it even on yom tov. Another thing is that if you check uh, a terefa, you could look at it even on Yom Tov. If you checked an animal for terefa, you shot an animal on, on, on Yom Tov, you could check it, even though it's Yom Tov. And yet, checking terefa, Bechor, has to be before Yom Tov. Checking Bechor again is for the moon, yeah? Right. Good. Over there, but by terefa, we're looking to make sure it has no moon. Right. On Bechor, we're looking to sure that it has moon. Right. Otherwise, you can't eat it. Okay? So we just see that the, so basically we're showing that the idea of checking a bechor is talui 
in Kalkilosh Yishalayim, and therefore it's Asur. Just like they said it's Asur, we're going to go that it's Asur. So according to Rabbi Yosef, we see from here that the Kalkilosh Yishalayim is not letting checking on Yom Tov. Because it says in the end, you have to do a man of Yom Tov. So you see that we're going like that. And therefore, Rabbi Yosef is saying the halacha is you can't check it. Like Rabbi Shimon. You can't bring a proof from that case. Over there, when they spoke about when they spoke about doing it from Erev Yom Tov, we're not discussing. Hold on. Okay. Oh, I, I think that part where it says Umine. I believe that that statement is Rabbi Yosef talking. Rabbi is saying, you can see from here that it's Now, Abayis is back. Over there, are they arguing about looking at things on Yom Tov? No. They're arguing about whether or not we give the guy a knas, which means maybe we want to find this guy. Since this guy shechted it without showing it to the rabbi, so the machloket is whether or not we find the guy and don't let him use it, or we do let him use it. But they all agree that maybe they all agree that you're allowed to look at it on Yom Tov, and therefore it's not a proof from there. And halacha is that you don't see mumin on Yom Tov. How do we see? The Amar When it comes to a case of cataracts, which is something in the eye of the animal, that's what everyone see. Everyone agrees that you can't check the animal after it's dead, because it changes. After you kill it, the cataracts can change. It could look like a cataract, even though it doesn't have one. Keep The machloket is about a mum on the body. Rumeir says that we make a gizirah, that we don't look at the mum shibaguf, because if we let the guy check the mum shibaguf, he might also check the eye, and rely on the eye when you're not allowed to rely, because it could change. Who knows? You don't you don't make a gizera, but it has nothing to do with checking a bechor on every yom tov, and therefore don't compare the two. It's only a machloket about, about a knas, and it has nothing to do with us, and you can't bring a proof of that. Amar of Nachman Yitzchak, Matnitim Dami Deka. Not only is Abaya okay in arguing with Rabbi Yosef, Abaya is actually, if you look at the language of our Mishnah, it sounds like Abaya is right. Why? Diktanik says the Mishnah, Remeir Omer Hoyl v'Nishchat Shalapi Mumche Asur. Rumeir says, since it wasn't slaughtered with a mumcheh, it's asur. If they would have been saying that it doesn't work, they would have just said, asur. Rumeir, Rumeir, asur. When we're talking about if you slaughter post-mortem. If you're checking it post-mortem, it should say, Rumeir says it's asur, meaning it doesn't work afterwards. Why does it say, since you didn't do it with a chacham, it's no good. It sounds like the knas. Right? Sounds like had you done it with a chacham, it would have maybe been okay. Right, right. It's, it's not like we're just getting you because you didn't get a chacham. Otherwise, just say it's a sword. It's a sword because you can't check. Right? You with me? Um, yeah. Good. Here's the story. Ami Vardina. There's a guy called Ami from Vardin. Chazi Bucha de Ben Hava Biyamatava. He was a Chazi Bucha de Ben He was the, the Bechor checker of the Nasi. Now, if you when 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 it must have been pretty wealthy because if you if you become an exclusive bechor checker of somebody, that means he's got a lot of bechors, and to have a lot of bechors, he's got a lot of, a lot of cattle. Okay. Now, 
Biyom Tava Lo Havachazi, and he would not check him on Yom Tov. Well, for him, it's probably better not to check. He's off on Yom Tov. He wants to be. He wants to be off on Yom Tov. Yeah, he was, he's determining his hours. He's deciding. Uh, I'm making this up. I'm assuming. I'm just saying. It. Interesting that he's he's deciding that he's off on Yom Tov. Okay. Atu va'amru leder ba'ami. He came and he told you ba'ami that he didn't want to check on Yom Tov. He says he's right for not checking. He's not just looking for a day off. He's right for not checking. You're not allowed to check on Yom Tov. Any? How could Rav Ami say that he was right for taking the day off? He himself used to look at him. Rav Ami would check it from the day before. Now, if you check it from the day before, what does it do? He would check how it happened, which means he never, Rabbi Ami, never, Rabbi Ami agreed that it's Asur to check on Yom, on Yom Tov. What he would do when he would allow an animal on Yom Tov means he checked the physical animal before Yom Tov. And once he checked the physical animal before Yom Tov, he saw that it was a moon. And then on Yom Tov, he would ask the questions to find out how it happened. Because if a moon happened on purpose, doesn't count. So he would check the physical before, and on Yom Tov he would do the thing. But he would never do both physical and the, the questions on Yom Tov that he wouldn't do. And that's why he said that the other rabbi was right for not doing it on Yom Tov. Here's the story. He highlighted the story. The whole Gavra, there was a guy. The IT Bukhul had come in, the rabbi brought a, a Bukhul in front of the rabbi. After him, Yom Tov, in the afternoon before Yom Tov, Haviti Rabbi Kavachai for fair. Rava was washing his hair. I guess in those days he weren't washing hair in the shower. You just you lean back like they do in the barber shop, and they wash his hair before Yom Tov. He opened his eyes and he looked at the moon, Rava. Okay, he says, "Do me a favor, go home today. Come back tomorrow." Now he saw it already. When the guy came tomorrow, he said, "How did it happen?" He told him. There was a fence made out of thorns or a barbed wire fence. Okay? And there was barley on the other side of the barbed wire fence. And the Bechor was on the other side. When he wanted to eat, he stuck his head in and a thorn cut his lip. And that's how it got to the moon. Maybe you put the the barley on the other side of the fence on purpose to make the moon. He said, no, he said, okay, fine, you could use it. So you see, same idea that he checked the moon first and just asked the questions after. Okay? And we that, just said that if you did it, if you did the, if you, if the moon was done on purpose, then it would be okay to It would eat. be no good. It would be no good. Yeah, good. So he's, that's what he's asking questions. He's asking. Okay, so what, the, the barley was on the other side of the thorn Who put the barley there exactly? Right, you if you put the barley there, then he's not going to let it. But if he didn't put the barley, it's okay. So if we would have to question the day before, what would have happened? It could have. He could have. He, just, he, was, he was busy with doing his hair. So he said, I saw the moon already. Okay, go home. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Right? Good. So how do we know in the Pasuk that it's a sewer to cause a mum to an animal? It says, a mum shouldn't be in it. That only teaches you that you shouldn't make a mum in it. 
How do you know that you can't cause mum like the case that we said? Which means, for example, let's say a guy puts a piece of figs in the ear of the of the bechor. So a dog will come and bite it off him, and that will cause a mum in the ear. That's another another fancy trick to get a mum is to put some figs on the ear of the sheep, uh, and then the dog is going to want it, it's going to bite it. How do you know you're not allowed to do that? Tamud lomar, kol mum. It says, kol mum lo yebo. Mum, v'amar kol mum. It says, amar mum, it says mum, which is including, if you do it on purpose, and kol mum is telling you, even if you just cause it with the grama, it's still asur. Okay. Says the Mishnah. What time is it? 10 to 10. 10 to 10. Okay, let's, let's try to do it. Let's go. Behema shemeta lo yizen mukoma. If an animal died on Yom Tov, you can't move it. Why? Because it's terefa. Right? There's nothing to do with it. It's mukseh. Ma'asev shalut and bitafon on them. One time it happened, they asked the bitafon about it. Ve'ala chalash and bet. And he asked him, chalash, they got tamer. Ve'nechnas the bet of the shushal. He went to bet the shushal and he asked. And he told him that you can't move either of them from their place. Not the dead animal and not the chalash that gave him tamer. It sounds like we have a Tana against Rabbi Shimon. Because our Mishnah sounds like it's Asur. And Rabbi Shimon said it was allowed. The Tanya is going to the right Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, You could cut up gourds in front of an animal. That's the one we need. You could cut up a Nevela in front of the dead, in front of the dogs. Rabbi Dawid says if it wasn't Nevela from Erev Yom Tov, then it's Asur. So it sounds like Rabbi Shimon says even if it came, if it died on Yom Tov, you're allowed to cut it up for the for the dogs. So you see our Mishnah is against Rabbi Shimon. Was not not necessarily. I feel the same Rabbi Shimon. Our Mishnah could be Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says Rabbi Shimon agrees with the Tanya. Rabbi Shimon agrees that if it was a healthy animal that died, then what? Then it's Asur. Why? Because Rabbi Shimon, when he allowed it beforehand, he was talking about an animal that looked like it was dying. So he got in mind before the holiday, he's going to give it to the dogs. That's why he lets you to cut it up in front of the dogs. But here we'll say that our Mishnah and Rabbi Shimon will agree that in the case the animal was walking around healthy and it has a heart attack, then everyone agrees that it's, that it's Asur. That's good according to this rabbi Morbar Meimer, who says that Shimon agrees that if it was healthy and died, Shapir, it's good. But according to Morbar Meimer, the name of Rabbi, who says that Shimon says even healthy animals with heart attacks are mutar to cut up. Michael Meimer, how are you going to fit the Mishnah according to him? Ziiri says, oh, no, our Mishnah is talking about a case. Really, our Mishnah could be Rishimon, but we're talking about a sacrifice animal that died. Sacrifice animal died. Since there's nothing you do it, it's muksa. Uh, and we weren't talking about whether you could cut it up in front of the dogs. A regular animal you could cut up. But this is a sacrifice animal. Of course, you can't cut it up in front of the dogs. You have, to, you have to bury it. Finished. And since you have to bury it, there's nothing to do with it on, on Yom Tov. So therefore, you can't bury an animal on Yom Tov. And therefore, of course, it's Moksav. 
taken on me. I'll prove it to you from the language of Mishnah that we're talking about that. Diktani, Alea Ba'achala Shadmet. It spoke about it, and it spoke about Tamechala. Ma'achala de Klisha. Just like Chala is holy, and you can't do anything with it. So too the Behemah, was talking about a holy Behemah that was a sacrifice Behemah. So it looks like that's actually the case of the Mishnah. Because it, spoke, because it compared it to Chala, which was holified. You with me, Mike, or no? Mm-hmm. Good. Now we flipped it the other way. According to the other rabbi who said that the Rabbi Shimon holds that an animal that has a heart attack is Asur, how they can explain this Mishnah? It sounds like over here, it sounds like over here that it's going to be Mutar. Because we're only talking about a, a, a kochim animal, right? It sounds like, why are we talking about a kochim animal? It sounds like, if it was a regular animal, it would be mutar. That's against what you said. You said that a regular animal that has a heart attack is asur. And our mission is talking about, he'll say, our mission is talking about a case where the animal was dying before the holiday. And therefore, it won't be a problem according to him and everything's fine. Okay, we're going to end the Mishnah. Amen, amen.